Hey Achievers, this is Maya, founder of Healthy High Achievers. Join our global community and create healthier routines to avoid burnout and feel more calm and healthy. Let's get to it. Hey Achievers, welcome to the second episode of Maya's Peruvian Lifestyle. On Instagram, you all voted for the most juicy topic, dating Latinos. This is why I almost never record an episode in the evening, but right now with this topic, I just felt like having the evening vibes here with me to talk to you about dating Latinos. Now, my previous episode was about social life and making plans in general, and now it seems like you guys want to talk about love. Ay, el amor. I will share with you what it's like as a foreign girl here in Peru. But please, do note that my opinions and recommendations are based on my personal experiences and should not be seen as a general truth. Okay, you might disagree or think I'm using stereotypes, which will be inevitable. So that being said, here's my personal opinion on dating Latinos. I will also be answering some questions that you asked me on Instagram. So are you ready? Let's get to it. First things first. I never got much traction in my own country, Belgium. I used to have a very beautiful best friend with long blonde hair. And I was just the crazy, very social, curly haired best friend of the girl everyone wanted to date. Sometimes I wonder if that's the truth or if that's just a label I put on myself, but it did happen several times that guys would become friends with me and then ask, hey, aren't you the best friend of that girl? Um, Could you talk to her about me? I know. Now, when I got to Peru, I was 21. And right from the first week, I was the queen. Guys at the club. Random guys on the street, taxi drivers, waiters, they would all ask me the same three questions. Where are you from? How long will you be in Cusco? And where is your boyfriend? They would all offer me to be my local tour guide. And this, my friends, is what they call brichero. Do you hear the word bridge in there? So traditionally, a brichero were those guys who would date a foreign girl just to get her money and to get a ticket to cross the ocean to the promised land of Europe or any Western country, really. Now, in this day and age, there's some discussion about what a brichero, brichero, I already said it in English, brichero, that's how they say it here, what that means. Because often it's not about the money anymore. Now, for me personally, and you might disagree if you know what a brichero is, for me, a guy is a brichero when they just like me because I'm a foreign girl and I can feel it. A friend on Instagram gave me the same feedback while creating this episode. She said that, you know, you can kind of feel that a guy's interest is honest, interested into like in you as a person. Or he's just interested because you're a foreign girl. Now, I have a very local accent by now. (laughs) So when I start speaking, people know I'm not just another gringa, as they say. 
It has happened to me at the club that the guy would ask me the first question of the famous three. Where are you from? How long will you be in Cusco? And who's, uh, where's your boyfriend and who? And instead of saying Belgium, I said Oxapampa or Jaén, which are places in Peru where local people are quite white and actually look like Germans because they have a German grandparent or even great-grandparent. Or they ask me the second question of the famous three, how long will you be in Cusco? And I say, oh, I live here. And in both cases, I see them back away. <laughs> They're not interested in someone who knows the ropes. That for me is a brichero. In my definition, someone who's just interested in me because he thinks I'm a gringa who will leave anyway, or who might take him with me to my promised land. But because I'm not rich, I'm not leaving, and I know the game, I'm not as interesting to them anymore. Now, in that first year, I was working as a volunteer coordinator, aka mama bear to 18-year-old German girls. They would actually believe a guy had fallen in love with them because of the sweet talk and the sexy dancing at the club. So they'd spent all of their time with that guy, believing they had found the love of their life or love for the first time. Because of course, in their country, they were pretty much like me, not really receiving this kind of interest. Now, I didn't take this interest personally. I always thought, you know, this is not for me. This is just because I'm white. But some girls do fall for the trap. They think it's real true love and end up brokenhearted. And at the club, I had to literally teach them to push guys away. Yes, push. Sorry, not sorry. Now, the thing is, Latin girls like to play hard to get. They will always say no at first. And then after a couple of tries, they might say yes. So for a Latin guy, no means try me 10 times more and I'll say yes. Now for foreign girls, no means no, mostly. So these German girls would say no with a small giggle like he he no, do not be rude which of course got interpreted as, I am just playing hard to get here, but I do want to, I'm just shy. And the guy would just insist more. I had to teach these girls to say no almost angrily, push the guy away if they had to, so that the message was clear. Sorry, not sorry, again. Now, let me clarify that I'm talking about the Peruvian guys in the world of tourism and clubs and general city center life. They got used to tourism and behave differently. Or they're from the capital city, Lima. Guys from Cusco itself are actually very shy. Real Cusqueños are more traditional and shy. They have this whole phase of courting little bit by little bit and they're often only interested in Peruvian girls who will definitely stay and build a family with them. This is why I said my opinion can be biased because we foreign girls only get those guys who are living la vida loca in the city center or they've, they've given up on Peruvian girls because they think foreign girls are way easier. They don't play hard to get, they are traveling, and they might have an attitude of, okay, let me be with a Latin guy. It's part of the experience, part of the checklist. 
I've heard many travelers talk like this. So during my first year, I didn't really date much. I was getting out of my first long relationship in Belgium, and I just wanted to be by myself. And this wanting to be by myself was very, very hard for my Peruvian friends to understand. They were like, but Maya, why don't you want to be with anybody? Let, re let me remind you that the Peruvian culture is a group culture. They don't need that much me time as we do. When you stay with a local family and you want to be alone in your room, they will think something is wrong with you. The same in love. I saw Peruvian friends jumping from one romantic adventure to the next because they don't want to be alone. So when I had chosen to be alone for a while, I got a new nickname, Monjita, which means the nun or little nun. <laughs> yes, a nun, because I was part of the world of musicians, but I didn't drink alcohol. I wanted to sleep early and alone. I didn't take anybody home. Now, then I entered into my exploration phase at 23 and my telenovela got started. <laughs> I have written, let me tell you something. I have written a book about my love life during the, my first three years in Peru and how, mindset, how my mindset in love shifted through the cultural differences. It's called Love in All Shapes and Sizes. I wrote it during the pandemic and it has a beautiful book cover designed by my great friend Itaiza and I still haven't published it. So if you want a digital copy, send me a message and tell me, Maya, publish the book now so I can read it. Now, if I get a couple of those messages, I will feel the peer pressure and maybe actually do it because I was very committed during the pandemic, I wrote one chapter a week. By Sunday, I would use my friend as an accountability partner and send her a chapter a week so she could read and had her weekly episode. And that's how I finished the book in about three, four months. Okay, so as I mentioned, I didn't take the interests of men seriously because I thought it was just for me being a white girl. But I can't deny that it did boost my self-confidence. When I went back to Belgium after three years, thinking I was through with Peru, I said, okay, this whole telenovela thing was fun, but now when I'm back in Belgium, this will end. I don't get that kind of attention there. Well, I was wrong. Apparently, self-confidence is sexy. And I learned how to feel sexy in my own way, not using high heels, I hate those, not using makeup or tight tops, just with the same colorful clothing style, I'm having a black sweater right now, but even with glasses or with sneakers or my bright yellow rain jacket, and funny enough, this attention mostly came from other cultures, not Belgians. I must admit that I have never in my life <laughs> dated a Belgian guy. Even my first ex was actually Ecuadorian, Chilean, moved to Belgium when he was three. Anyway, it was mostly Indians, Moroccans, Brazilians, Colombians, again, group cultures. 
Well, if my first book becomes a hit, thanks to you guys, I will write the sequel. Now, okay, I can go on about this topic, but let's get into the questions that you asked me on Instagram. Okay, the first one is, what called your attention about dating Latinos? And did they always initiate a conversation or did you start sometimes? Mm, good question. What I like about Latinos in general is that they're always, there's always something to talk about. Latinos are very, very good at small talk, but not just superficial small talk. You can be laughing and crying about how hard life can be in like five minutes after meeting the person. There's no awkward silences, while Belgians are the kings of awkward silences and talking about the weather or renovating their houses or their pets. And while I do love pets, as long as it's not an excuse to avoid talking about themselves. Also, Latinos don't need to drink that much alcohol before they have fun, initiate conversations or dance with you. Belgians do. Now, I am a very touchy-feely, heart-centered person, which makes it hard for me to date a Belgian guy. I need to feel that personal connection. I need the person to open up. I want to feel like we're having fun. I want to laugh. I want to joke around. I want to dance. And Latinos are very good at all of that. <laughs> Now, do they always initiate a conversation? Most of the times, yes. There's still a lot of machismo here, more like a man culture. So I even got the reaction of friends of my best friend that I am very sharp, like opinionated and outspoken. But I must say that machismo culture is changing a lot with our generation. I did take the initiative a couple of times when I really liked someone. And I do show my interest clearly. And that came from the self-confidence that was growing, I think. Knowing there was very little chance of rejection, it was easier for me to just go for it and see what happens. That brings me to the next question. Do you feel like there's a lot of machismo, cheating, jealousy, like in many Latin cultures? Yes, Latinos are very jealous and often for a reason. I think cheating is common because Latinos live very much in the moment, the here and now. That when danger happens, they're having a hard time thinking about the consequences first before making the mistake. They often make the mistake first and then realize the consequences don't look so good. Not only in men, but also in women, there's a lot of cheating which makes relationships often more toxic, more controlling, more distrusting. I did have a boyfriend cheat on me before, and I found out years ago. But at the time, I did feel his distance, you know, hot and cold and not fully in the relationship. And I decided it was time to put an, an end to things, really. Now, recently, I heard a friend say, why... Would your, would, why would your girlfriend want to go out without you? It can only be for one reason, to be with other men. And I completely disagree. 
I often like to go out with my friends without my boyfriend to just dance and scream with the music and have fun. Imagine you have a great, great friend. And from the moment they have a boyfriend or girlfriend, you just don't see them anymore. Or they only show up with their partner. That's not fun, is it? So sometimes you want to be with your friend alone and just fuel their friendship. So that's what I still often do. I have moments where I go out with my boyfriend and I have moments where I want to just be with my friends. And sometimes, yes, I want to combine both and that's fun too. Um, and it was hard for my boyfriend to understand this in the beginning. He had a background of more toxic relationships, but now he's seeing how healthy these separate activities can be for the relationship. Next question. There's a difference in money between Europeans and Latinos because the euro is four times the Peruvian soul. Does that influence the relationship? How do you divide the costs? Does it influence in the man's ego that you might be earning more? Interesting question. Well, I've always had a local job here, so I was earning the same money. Now that I'm building my own business, I have reached a good Peruvian salary. Of course, I want to aim higher so that I can pay my flight to Belgium every year and spend time with my family. But I've always divided the costs equally. But I must say, Latinos do often want to pay for dinner or pay for drinks or buy you a gift, which was hard to accept at first. Even though they know that your currency is worth way more, they still want to invite you. Now, I like to divide things equally. But I also learned to allow my boyfriend to invite me for dinner because I can see that he enjoys that. It's important to him. So yeah, sometimes I let him. But of course, from the outside world, they think I am the white person with money, right? So when I pay for dinner, for example, you can just see the look on people's faces of, oh, another brichero, making her white girlfriend pay for everything. So even when I owe my boyfriend money and I decide to pay so that we're even, I sometimes give my money to him so that he can pay and we don't get those looks. It's a bit ridiculous, but yes, it still happens. Now, what's confusing in my head is that when I go to Belgium, everything seems four times more expensive to me. But after a couple of weeks, I adapt and think in euros, which also hurts my wallet. My head thinks in two currencies and constantly needs to shift between the two. And that can be very confusing. I use it to my benefit, though, when I see a beautiful jacket, for example, and, um, or even when I want to get a massage. And I'm like, go for it, Maya. Think in euros this time. So in the self-indulgence aspect, it pushes me to do something extra for myself without feeling too guilty. Okay, there are so many different topics we could go into when it comes to dating Latinos, but I think I gave you a small overview of my opinion in this episode. Now, don't forget to send me a message and give me that peer pressure to publish my book. It is a fun read. I've had friends read it um, more like a journal, a diary. And I changed the names, by the way. <laughs> my next episode will be about my daily life 
what it looks like in Peru. The votes were very close on Instagram. So keep tuning into the Healthy High Achievers podcast for more episodes on my Peruvian lifestyle. Take care. Dear Achievers, I hope you liked this episode. If you did, please subscribe and share with your friends anyone who needs to hear this. You're super welcome to join us at healthyhighachievers.community as well. See you there.